From Phoenix to London, from LA to around the world, this is the ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man, your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader. Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Yes, okay. I think we had a little delay there. I'm not sure, but uh, perhaps maybe you heard it and I didn't. But anyway, as always, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And uh, guess what? Fan Man is going to join us. He's uh, in sunny California. He's going to join us just a little bit later. But, of course, Fan Man will join us, and uh, we'll have a great time as always. I'll tell you what, uh, it's always exciting here in the Valley. But I'm watching uh, some basketball, and man, uh, it's exciting times in uh, basketball. You know, of course, we're going to talk about the NFL, but I told you guys I'm a frustrated basketball player. Yeah, you know how that is. Frustration, sometimes you you set out goals and, and you hope you meet them. Sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Well, that was one goal that I never met. I hope to be a professional basketball player. Didn't work out. So now I am like Fan Man. I'm a fan. And right now, I believe the fans have voted or will vote or should vote on the most valuable player in the NBA. As far as I'm concerned, I think this hands down. I, th- I know Chris Paul's doing a great job, and I know Kevin Garnett's done a great job, but, man, you've got to give it to Kobe Bryant. I mean, I, I, there's been years before where perhaps maybe he could have won the MVP, but this year, I think it's hands down, he has matured to be the great basketball player that we all wished and hoped that he would develop to be on the basketball court. The man has done a tremendous job. Uh, I, I do believe that a, a great basketball player does make his teammates around him, that surround him, I think he makes them much better. And I think Kobe has done that. And, and Bynum, one of the best players they have, is, has been out with injuries. So I, I think they'll be even a better team. But I think that uh, Kobe has, uh, has made his point. He's gotten the help that he needed. Uh, he's been able to show the team what they could do, provided if they surround him with better athletes, better ball players, better basketball players. And, uh, and, and he said this, this team has better chemistry. And so, you know, many times when you have athletes that voice their opinions about things other than playing the game or if they're able to talk about the intangibles that actually makes you a better team, uh, I think that the coaches should listen to that. And, uh, you know, Kobe is, is one who has the ear of the owners. Uh, Dr. Buss, uh, he also, Phil uh, Jackson, is, uh, respects Kobe and what he has to say and his, his basketball IQ. And I think Kobe has proven that uh, that he has a pretty high basketball IQ. And, uh, and so the Lakers, I, and I think as far as I'm concerned for Kobe uh, and for the Lakers, uh, you, you got to come out of the West. You got to come out of the West and you got to represent the West in the championship series. Uh, you may end up playing, uh, well, who knows, you know, you know could, be, could be Boston, you know, could be, uh, you know, could be Detroit. You know, it could be, you know, anybody really on the East. We really don't know, you know, and uh, we really don't know what's going to happen in the West. But I, I think Kobe definitely uh, 
you know, has to be the one. I'll tell you what, I, there's a lot of things <laughs> that we don't know what's happening uh, throughout the league. And the league, when I say the league now, I'm talking about uh, the NFL, you know. Uh, there are young men who have become instant millionaires um, through the past draft, uh, through the offseason, because of free agency. And not everybody respects that. Uh, we hear about players getting robbed. Uh, we hear about players getting in trouble. We hear about players uh, at nightclubs. We hear about players getting in fights. We hear about guns. I I'm just really not sure to with today's athlete and what he's faced with uh, or what she could be faced with because there are some women who are professional athletes as well. Uh, do they have the respect you know, we used to look at our athletes as, as role models. Do, are they still the role models that we, we knew of the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s? You know, where we were expecting our, our athletes to be our heroes and our sheroes, if you will. You know, are they the role models that we anticipated they would be? Do we give them the same respect? that we used to give them. I'm not so sure. And I think that's a, just a part of society where society has changed in many cases. And, you know, athletes may have been held to a higher standard, but then there's some people who feel as if, you know, hey, that person is no better than me, which they are not. But even beyond that, they take it a step further. It's like they're better than the athletes. And many times they want to challenge the athletes. And you got to realize, you know, most of the people that are athletes, are very competitive people. And they may have a personality, kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And I, you know, they, they say that even about the young man down in New Orleans, you know, uh, Chris Paul, because he's such an aggressive player on the basketball court. I mean, I don't care how big you are. If you're his teammate, you know, he's going to get in your face and he's going to challenge you to do the right thing because you've made a mistake and it's hurting the team. He's a very competitive person and has a very competitive nature. And so many times when those type of people who are somewhat aggressive people are challenged, it's hard for them to retreat from the confrontation and to turn the other cheek and walk away. And so many times what they do, they find themselves in a confrontational type of, uh, you know, altercation with somebody else who may be a jealous fan. And it's just hard for them to walk away from those things. And, and, and then they escalate. And then these guys have so much to lose, you just hate to see that happen to them. Because then uh, this ugly thing that's out there called the Internet, you know, then you have to deal with what happens on the blogs. You know, as an example, you know, Marvin Harrison got into something in Philadelphia. We don't know exactly what it is. We don't know exactly what happened. But then there's the opinion of if Marvin is proven to be guilty and brought a gun you know, to the situation, what is your opinion of him now compared to what it was before? Even though if this young man could have been protecting himself and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's legal to have a gun or I, I don't know the laws of, uh, of carrying firearms and things of that nature, but he was trying to protect himself. Now, all of a sudden, we don't have the same opinion of Marvin Harrison because he's, he's had a gun. He's been in an altercation. There was a gun involved and, you know, athletes shouldn't have guns. Well, boy, I just don't know. It just makes it very, very difficult, uh, you know, to be a young athlete today, to be successful, to have all the wealth that comes along with the success and to continue to have the same amount of respect 
from those people who supported you for so many years. Uh, sometimes I think it's just jealousy that comes to the forefront. You know, hey, there's a, there's a lot of jealousy out there when it comes to players. I don't know how many of you saw this thing on ESPN, but there was, uh, I think it was on ESPN, and Costas did a show, and, he, you know, the show was about the media and players and, and the Internet and blogs and, and things of that nature. And it's just like the people that we think perhaps maybe might have supported us and really loved us as, as athletes. You know, sometimes the ugly side of them gets a chance to shed itself on the Internet, electronically. People are so mean on the Internet. You see some of the nastiest comments in the world uh, on the Internet about some of the, you know, about some of the NFL and NBA players. And, uh, you know, I just for some reason or another, I just I, I don't know how we stop it. You know, I wish there was some type of law, but. You know, it's a way for people to, you know, to express what they want to express. I'm okay for that. I'm for freedom of speech. But the mean-spirited, the venom that's in some of these comments, oh, my gosh. You know, I just hope they weren't ever, you know, kind of comments that were geared to me. You know, I haven't said, I hope I haven't made, I don't care if I made you mad. I don't care. <laughs> I'm part of this media now. You know, I don't care if I made you mad. I don't care if I made you mad when I talked about what you did on the field. But I'm not, you know, I'm not attacking you personally. And I think some of these people are just taking things too far, you know, when they get upset with these athletes, you know. And I think they actually are really trying to, uh, they're trying to hurt them, no doubt about it. They're trying to hurt them, you know. And, and we just hope those things don't happen. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling a little bit because I, I know my good friend, Fan Man, is going to be joining me pretty soon. And, uh, you know, he'll get a chance to, to have his two cents about that. And he's always got it. And Fan Man, what he does is Fan Man brings us the fans' perspective. And, you know, one thing about the fans, you make the game what it is. Without the fans, there is no game. People can say what they want to say, but just drive by stadiums at sub-degree temperatures. Just think about the Green Bay Packers NFC Championship game when they played the Giants. How many guys would have been out there playing football if they weren't getting paid millions of bucks. Oh, they say it all the time, but when you went outside, did you see that many people hanging out playing football in the snow, in the cold, in the rain? No. You see people with the kind of injuries these guys sustain? Ah, no. You know, broken bones? Ah, nah, they're not doing it. You know, so hey, I, I just hope that football, sports, period, it's about, you know, sportsmanship, you know, it's about the integrity of the game. There was a special about a young lady who messed up her... I think she broke, she tore her Achilles or no, maybe it was ACL. Hit a home run and couldn't make it around the bases. And it's against the rules for your teammates to assist you. So the opposing team assisted her and carried her around and she touched East Base. And then she, you know, of course, scored a, a run and that was a home run for her. And it was a home run for sports. You know, sports just has this unique ability to bring people together from all different backgrounds. And just, you know, Finally, the old cliche, we all just get along, you know. So in the clubs, when you guys are out, you're there to have a good time. If you see an athlete and maybe he's had a drink or two too many, ah, don't get into the confrontational thing. That's not the place to do that. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying that it's your fault as fans. I'm just saying that if you can as fans, if you can prevent things from happening, uh, it's always best to try to, to prevent a stage. You know, as opposed to, okay, now we got to do something to break this up when it's a little bit too late. Because uh, these young men that find themselves in harm's way, and there's just too many guns out here, period. 
I don't care what you do in life, you know, carjacking, robbing banks, shooting people, you know, there's got to be a way we got to be able to resolve our problems through communicating with one another. A lack of communication has just been the problem with so many issues in this society. And here I am talking about society, but football, sports is society. And so, you know, and maybe perhaps maybe when we're looking at the athletes, maybe we do a better job of evaluating the athletes and making sure we're able to bring some guys in of which, you know, who have a better way of understanding the demeanor of the athletes and those who are a little bit more talented than the others in terms of their personality and being tolerant. But when they're on the field, they're going to be aggressive. Hey, by the way, speaking of what they evaluate and talent and things of that, uh, we're going to have a special guest with us uh, after we, you know, take a break and after Fan Man joins us. Uh, we have Kelvin Fisher with us. Fish, as you all know, has been on our show before. Fish is a scout with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Fish is going to be joining us. And I look forward to hearing uh, what he has to say about what's happening in the league and some of the players and things of that nature. So I'm going to take a break. When you hear music, we take a break. And uh, we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And we'll be right back after these messages. And if my daddy thinks I'm fine, the fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Searle packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports yeah 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 we're back we're back you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network and uh, i understand that fan man is with us fan man fan man's here hey hey 
Hey, what's happening, man? Uh, Marsh, hey, man, I was listening to you in sunny Southern California. Kobe Bryant, MVP, about time. Hey, did they, did they, did they officially announce it? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they announced it last night. Well, you know that's good, man. You know he's, uh, you know he, uh, you know he's been a consistent player throughout the years. You know he's obviously one of the greatest to ever play the game, and for him to have gone this long and not won an MVP, he certainly deserves it this year. Could have perhaps maybe got it uh, uh, some other time. As a matter of fact, hey, hey, uh, if you, if you can hold on a second, there, fan man, I want to introduce another special guest with me here uh, in the studio, actually sitting in your seat. You sitting in my seat. <laughs> We have Kelvin Fisher, and Kelvin, of course, has joined us before. He's a very special guest to us, to the show. He gives us a little inside perspective of what happens in preparation for the NFL draft because he is a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fish, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, Ray. Uh, what's up, fan man? Hey, Fish, what's up, man? Nice uh, talking to you again. Hey, hey, fan man, listen, you know what? Uh, you know, you're talking about Kobe being uh, an MVP. Uh, you know, they got an a MVP up there in uh, Pittsburgh and, and Big Ben. And, uh, Fish, what you guys do for Big Ben this in, in the offseason? You think you're giving some help? Uh, you guys going to make it back to the big game or what's going on up there? I mean, that, that's the plan to make it back to the big da- big game. Um, I feel like we, we did address some things that, that will help Ben. I mean, we got a big receiver, which, you know, he wanted. Um, I mean, I don't think we drafted him because he wanted him. It, I think we drafted him because he fell into our lap, and it, and it was a great pick. Um, they also got some help for Willie Parker to take off a little load of, with Willie um, with the with the running back situation. Hey, fan man, listen, you're from uh, you're from Pennsylvania out there. How does that work out there in the state of Pennsylvania in terms of who who represents or who roots for the Steelers and who roots for the Philadelphia Eagles. How do you guys break that up in the state? Hey, I just think it's Pittsburgh's on the other side of the world. Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh and Philly's Philly, <laughs> and that's, that's about what it comes down to. I don't think the Philly fans really care about Pittsburgh, and I don't think Pittsburgh cares about the Philly fans. So you know what? The thing about it is Pittsburgh's got all the rings, though. Yeah, Pittsburgh wins all the time. Well, yeah, well, so does Philly. Philly has their fair share. Well, I don't know about, about Super Bowl. We don't have any Super Bowl rings, fan man. Yeah, we don't. We, <laughs> hey, we're close, but not, not there. Well, I tell you what. Listen, uh, uh, we got fish here, man. I got it. I got to just pick his brain. I got to find out what it's like to be a part of an NFL franchise and and really be the one who helps put the nucleus together. Because again, fish, you could tell some folks a little bit about your job and what you do, and and they truly rely on your evaluation, your assessment of these players. And I and also, if you could share with me, if it's okay. Uh, what was your success ratio this year in terms of the, you know, how many players did they pick that you suggested? So give us a little bit about the background and then tell us about some of the guys that you actually uh, I mean, landed. I, I, I covered the Western region and I'll branch out to other areas. Um, but basically what we do is we go out as the scouts and, uh, and evaluate the players. And then, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work put together to, to come up with you know, our draft board or, or however you want to say it. Um, but we'll, we'll go out as scouts and, and um, spend like a week at a time or I mean, every week we're out. But, I mean, we may be on the road 10 days, 12 days, whatever it may be, uh, however your schedule works. And, uh, and look at, you know, you may look at from 150 to 200 players. And, and wow. you, you evaluate those guys, and that's just your area. I mean, we have uh, five scouts and a director and our and our and our, G, and our GM that all we all look at 
uh, college players, and then we have our pro personnel department that also looks at some of the college players. And, um, and then we just kind of bring all our information together and, and compare it. I mean, you know, you, you'll have maybe three guys look at – three or four guys look at the top players in the country. Mm. So we all – we come together, we meet uh, long hours, and, and we just talk about each player. Um, and then we, we come up with our, our draft board from the, from the top – the best player we think the best we come up with the best player in the drive to the worst player in the drive and uh with that with that being said is that that's the work we we put in and that goes from training camp all the way till april 26 27th of the draft wow so i mean it's never as it's, it's always work because you have all-star games you have combines i mean you're doing your work um and then and then you you're going to the com uh, to the All Star games, and then you, you're going to the combines, and then you're going to individual workouts. Um, so it's a lot of it's a lot of work th- that whole that whole time period from the time you start going to training camps of the colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it it's it's work from day one to the last day. So so the last day, you, you know, the, the teams in the war room. Uh, are, are the scouts in the war room with, with the – are you in the war room as well? Yeah, we're, we're all in the war room. And wow, we got a veteran. We got a war room guy <laughs> with us, man. Fan man, man. We had a war room. Come on, tell us about the war room, man. And, I mean, it, 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 it can uh, – I, I think it's a lot of fun because it's – you know, and I play ball, so it's like you do all this work for basically one game. And, and I always re- related to playing football – where you, you go out in, in August, September, October, November, you go, in December, and then you go to the All-Star Games in January, then you go to the Combines in February, then you do individual workouts in March, you're getting prepared for, for one game. And, and that war room is you got to have your stuff ready so when you go in, you can present your player, the guys you like, the guys you, you don't like, and why you don't like them and why you like them. So, that was, was going to be one of my questions. Do you have a lot of input on the players that you have scouted, or can you uh, really uh, step up to the plate and say, hey, you got to take this guy. I see, I see a lot of talent in this guy. You know, do, do you get into that part of it, well, or is it just a, a group of people that make a decision all together and you just got to you know, put your uh, fight in there and see if you get what you, what you want? Well, see, that, that's the whole thing with, with the uh, – when, when, when people talk about the war room, I don't necessarily know if people really know what the war room is about. Um, you're, you prepare yourself for the draft, and that's weeks and weeks of work. Like, I'm only home in April for maybe four days a whole month because we're working all April to get ready for the, the draft. That's when you speak your mind. When you talk about a player that you scouted, you gotta, you, if you like them, you got to stand on the table. You got to explain why you like them, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, another scout may see that same guy and like him just like you. And there may be a third guy who sees that guy and like him as well. So all, all you got, you, you, you just bring out all your information at that time. You don't bring out the, the information isn't about the day of the draft. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're not going to fight the day of the draft. All your information is done three weeks, four weeks prior to the draft. So if you didn't speak your piece in that three, four-week span, that's when, I mean, you, you can lose out in the draft because your boss is dependent on what you say, you know. But with all that being said, it's a lot that goes into it. It's just like 
you know, the, the, the coaches look at the players as well. We kind of give the coaches the, the direction of what players we like. So the coaches look at those guys, and then we all meet together and we talk about it. So who, who, who makes the final decision? The who? final decision is the head coach and the GM. That's, right. that's the final decision. Okay. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. And it's the, you know, I call it the guy with the red pen. I mean, he's going to be the one to make the decision. And, and if the head coach liked that decision, and, and what you, the whole thing is, is having your board correct. So if you have the best player on the board and you, and your draft pick comes and that best player is on the, is on the board, you take him. See, a lot of people think teams draft guys because of need. If you're drafting because of need, you, you can get in trouble that way. The, the thing is, is that you take the best player on your board. And sometimes a really good player falls to you. And, you, I mean, when you do your board and you do your, and you, and you do your evaluation and do your mock drafts, you, you already kind of have a feeling these four guys are going to be there for us to pick. Now it's a matter of which of those four you take. Okay, right. let me ask a question, Fish. Now, you said that you got to stay true to your board. Now, let me ask you something. Is your board based upon your need? N no. No, your board is based on the best players. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. But if you, I mean, obviously, you know, Big Ben, you already got Big Ben. You don't need another quarterback. So right. if you don't need a quarterback and the best person on the board at the time is, a, you know, a superstar quarterback, you pass him up and you, then you go exactly, to the, to exactly. the knee. So it's kind of like... Uh, maybe the need, part of need and part of best on the board, it's a little bit of 50-50 of both? I think it's more, I think it's more of 90-10. I, I think. So best player, best then player, need. And then a need. And, so that, and so in other words, Fish, if Matt Liner would have been there and we, you're looking at boom. the Matt <laughs> we wouldn't have tuck, We wouldn't have tucked Matt Ryan. <laughs> that's what I See? figured. Right. And that's that 10%. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because the next guy behind, the next guy we got rated, behind Matt, Matt Ryan, you know, would have been there if Matt Ryan was passed. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. so if Matt Ryan, say he's, he was drafted, what, the third pick of the draft? Yeah, I think which, he was. Atlanta? Is saying that he's the third best player, okay? Now, we didn't pick until 23, so we really didn't have to worry about that. But if, that, if Matt Liner would have fell into our lap, of course we have to pass on it because what are we going to do with two Right. Good quarterback. Quarterback. right, right, right. Mean. That, that, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. And that you know, and and that's always good for people to get an inside perspective from somebody who's actually been uh, in that war room. And listen, man, uh, you know, Fisher, he's a ball player. He like me too. His career ended because of injury. But I'm talking about when you're talking about a running back, man. We got a running back sitting next to us right here. <laughs> and speaking of running back, man, uh, you guys got some help at the running back position. Really upset around teams when when they pick these players, they get really really pissed off. And, you know, the, the, the team knows, the coach knows, the scouts like yourself and all these professional people that, that are in the Pittsburgh or, organization, they, they know what they need. And it's not about the fans, or do they listen to the fans? No, it's not about the fans right. at all. See, fan man, you're out of it. You know, listen, as much as you like to think that you influence decisions, you really don't. You know, I know I don't influence decisions, but you know, you go, you see it on draft day with these, with the fans screaming and yelling and booing, or, or they're high fiving. It's just, you know, it's just a part of the part of the whole NFL experience for the fans. Oh, no question. I mean, and, and the fans believe me; they know these players. Yes, they and, do. And and I mean, and and if a team drafts a player that everybody likes, of course they're going to jump up for joy and if a team drafts a guy that no one likes then they're gonna boo right. but they don't really i mean 
I remember when uh, I believe it was Don McNabb when he got drafted by Philly, how they booed. Yeah, right. They did boo him. They That's did. right. You know, but he ended up turning out to be a, a, a really good, great. great player. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, Fish, the guy that they wanted to take was the running back. Who? What's his name? The guy who was smoking all the That was Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. They passed over Ricky, Ricky Williams right. and the Eagles. Oh, the fans wanted Williams, and they passed him on to Donovan. What a great, uh, great catch on that one! Exactly. I mean, exactly. and that happens. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. You're just hoping that you're getting what you saw. Well, listen, you guys all got the interviews and all the, you know, the, the combines and the, and the games and the college games and all the interviews. I, I mean, going back to the Williams Donovan McNabb deal, did the Eagles really see that Williams was going to be a problem? Hey, fan man, we're going to have to answer that on the other side of the break because I don't know if you can hear that, but we got some music. Okay. Listen, and we want to thank you for joining us, fan man. Fan man's going to head out. Jeff Mosher, our East Coast correspondent, is going to join us on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network, and we'll be right back after these messages, of course, with Kelvin Fisher. I want to be as free as the spirits of those who love The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Die, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Die, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Yeah, we got a little Jay-Z there, y'all, in case y'all didn't think I was up on it. I know what's happening. In fact, I got some kids that keep me in the loop of things. Well, listen, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I want to thank the number one co-host in the world, Fan Man, for joining us. And, uh, of course, now we uh, have Kelvin Fisher here in the studios with me. And Fisher, of course, is uh, a scout for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, a former running back himself. 
And uh, now we're going to have uh, Jeff Mosher join us. Uh, Jeff, you with us? I'm here, guys. How's it going? All right. How you doing there? Good, good. It's been a while since we had Fish with us. Fish hasn't joined us since last year, but but that's because he's been working. And, uh, you know, I want to ask him a question, and I'm not sure, Jeff, if he's able to answer this question or not. Uh, and I'm sure you may have a question or two for uh, for uh, for Fish. Uh, mm-hmm. How many? Are you allowed to, to tell us how many players that you actually, you know, looked at that they actually took in the draft? Are you allowed to share that with us? I know a lot of the information. We we, we want to ask you all kind of questions, Fish, but we, we can't answer those. Uh, are you allowed to talk uh, about how many of the players that I'll you? I'll just did? I'll just say this. Um, I had some guys drafted that I looked at. Great. Um, and, and 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 I'm hoping they pan out well. Okay, okay. Well, that's you know that that's got to make you feel good. I mean, to, to be, I mean, at work so hard for so long, like you talked about the the hours you spent on the road away from your family, you know, and and to look at all these players, and then there's only you know what is it like? There's seven rounds now. Yeah. So so I mean, what's the chance? You got five players. Uh, I mean, you got five uh, personnel people like yourself that are scouts. Then you got, you know, some people that are also doing it on the pro level. So you're all trying to, you know, get a position to bring in some free agents as well as, you know, get your players drafted. Is it more important that you get them drafted or that you get them through free agency or just get them on the team? What's the most Um, important gratifying feeling for you? I think think it's more – I think you want to build your team by draft picks and not free agents. now, when you talk about free agents, there's two, two types of free agents. There's the exactly. free agents that's in, in the league already, and then there's free agents after the draft, which is the college, college players. Um, but I, I, I like to think the best way to do it is to build your team around draft picks. And then uh, at the end of the, end, of the, end of the Sunday night, then you try to fill some holes that you need, guys, by free agents and hoping you can run across some pretty good free agents that actually have a chance to make your team. Hey, hey, Jeff, I know we talked about it before, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Fish wasn't here with us, but uh, I know you may have a perspective as to who you thought did pretty good in the draft in terms of a, a team. Uh, give us a little bit of perspective about that, and I'll see how that measures up to what Fish I, – I know you think, you know, Fish is going to say, hey, they had the best draft, but who do you think did the best out there? Well, you know, I, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, Ray. Is that it? Yeah, I, Fish I wasn't here to defend himself. That's why I <laughs> wanted him here today. Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. I said, yeah, Fish wasn't here, and that's why I uh, wanted Okay, to... well, what I had said um, uh, was that I, I, I'm, I'm in that camp where I think that you don't really grade or judge a draft until three or four years down yeah, the road, yeah. and that to do it now is just to have a little fun, and, and you know, it, it's really all based on what you think more than what you will end up knowing two or three years from now. But, you know, with that said, uh, it seems like a team like Kansas City did a nice job uh, at least addressing not just current needs, but like uh, Kelvin had said, you know, getting good players at certain positions and building your team. Uh, I thought the Cowboys uh, did a good job of addressing those kind of issues, getting Felix Jones, uh, even though they have a pretty good running game right now. Uh, The Redskins got two wide receivers, you know, and I know Jim Zorn wants to – implement his uh, West Coast offense there. I thought Miami did. I mean, really, it's hard to tell. You look at, at some teams that are known for, for at least, you know, having the foresight to look into the future and not just the present. And it seems like those teams always come out with decent players. 
Fish, is that consistent with what you guys do? I mean, uh, you know, the draft, uh, it happens. You, you make your picks. Uh, do you become Monday morning quarterbacks afterwards? When do you guys actually look for the draft to pan out and for players to start contributing? Well, I think your first, second, third round guys are guys that you anticipate playing and contributing day one of the season. Now, your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, I believe, those are the guys who help you out on special teams, be solid backups, and, and eventually you hope they become starters. Uh, you know, we have a, a guy by the name of Brett Kiesel that was a seventh-round pick, and he's a starter now, and, and he's a pretty good player. Mm. But that, that's kind of the way I look, look at it now. What Jeff said about in three years, you really don't know what your draft is, you know, how good your draft is until three years. And I believe that is a true statement as well. But I believe it's a true statement to the fact of what are they doing for the team in three years? And, 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 like, I, and like I said, in three or four years, four or five years, you've you got to re-up re -up the contract. So if that player is panning out and doing well, then you're happy. You know, and you're probably going to re-up his contract and keep him around. Well, you know what? I, you know, guys, I, I may look at this from a different perspective. One thing me, Fish and I definitely agree with, Kelvin and I have had a conversation, you know, you know, many times before about the impact that players should have, particularly those high-round draft players. But in today's uh, football era, do you really have three or four, three years to wait for guys to pan out when coaches are being exchanged so often? I mean, they're not giving coaches that, that long of a time to, to build these teams anymore. I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, and, and that's another, that's a whole other issue to talk about as far as how long coaches get a chance. Uh, I'm not the guy who's hiring or firing coaches, but I mean, yeah. I mean, if, you're, if that player pans out in three years and that coach gets fired, um, Whose fault is it? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, but but I, I just believe that that you need to have the first, second, third round guys need to come in and they need to contribute at some aspect of the game right off the bat. And hey, we've got some guys. Uh, we've we've had some changes and some additions there on the East Coast and particularly in Philadelphia. And and I saw something on the NFL Channel. And I, I'm not going to say I know Donovan to be a sarcastic guy. You know, I just know him <laughs> from a distance. But, uh, you know, some of the responses or remarks to their draft and their improving that team out there. Jeff, what's the, what's the feeling there in terms of Donovan being satisfied he got enough playmakers around him to put him, you know, right back into, you know, the run of a championship like Kobe did in basketball? He made a comment. He got some playmakers. Did, did Donovan get the playmakers you think he, he really needs? Well, I don't think he did, and I think he's not happy about it. Um, he didn't come out and say, I'm not happy, but he, he made some remarks and made some strange uh, eye motions, almost like an eye roll when asked about the upgrades on offense that never really took place. And uh, he kind of kind of, uh, he kind of tried to toe the line, though. At the, at the, at the same time, despite the, the awkward smirks, he also said, you know, he he never said he needed more receivers. He just said he needed more playmakers. But if you read between the lines there, you know, playmakers are skill position players, and he's got an all-pro running back, and he's got a franchise tight end, a franchise tag tight end. So what he was referring to when he said he needed more playmakers, he obviously doesn't need the running back and the tight end, and I don't think he was talking about offensive linemen. Well, um, he, he, so he, I think he was talking about receivers, and the only 
receiver per se that they came out of in the in through the offseason was Sean Jackson, who's uh, you know obviously he's expected to make uh, contributions on the receiving core, but he's kind of more known right now as as a as a punt kick return uh, upgrade. Well, you know, and and uh, you made some good points there, Jeff, but I, I'm not so sure after what Donovan. Uh, you know, last year going through a few games where I think he was the victim of some some big plays that were being made by some playmakers on the opposite side of the ball and some mm-hmm. defensive linemen, you know, and mm-hmm. particularly when it, that Giants game, you know, there's a few too many times that he was uh, being picked off the ground by right. some opposing players. And speaking right. of that, Fish, as we look at the, the NFL and the makeup of players, uh, tell us how you've seen over the years uh, the, the stature of the player. Is, is the physique of the player changing, particularly the defensive linemen? Are they bigger, stronger, faster, leaner offensive linemen? Are, are they are they more like skill position players that got older and gained a little bit of weight? But now we can move him to a defensive lineman, an offensive lineman, or a linebacker. No, I, I think uh, <clears throat> the the D linemen, uh, yeah, they're they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they're quicker. And, I mean, at, at the end position, you know, you got guys who strictly now pass rushers. I mean, it, and those it, guys are a little smaller, Kelvin, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Seem to be gravitating more toward the undersized but faster defensive end. Well, I, I think every team is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can look at you know people. You can look at Freeney and, and mm-hmm. make that comparison, but then you can look at Javon Curse, who was a pretty big guy. You know, so I, I mean, I think every team is different, but I, I see the college game is changing as well, which makes the NFL game change. And what I mean by that is. You have a lot of college players that's playing defense in that's 250 pounds, 260 pounds, and then they get to the NFL, and their specialty is rushing the passer. Um, and now, and you have, I mean, you have offensive linemen that really are very athletic. I mean, you, you got six, 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 eight offensive linemen who probably could have played basketball if they would have stuck with it. Because when you do your history on these guys, they play basketball, but and they're so athletic. So that piece of the game has changed because before it was power, power, move, get upfield, make a move, and beat the guy. Whereas now you have some guys that don't make a move at all. They just beat you on the speed. And, and, I, and I, just, I think the game has – it's not a finesse game, but it's not a physical game. Well, when you talk about, you know, how the game is changing – and I, I got to ask you this question only because it's out there. A lot of people are talking about it. Now is the time of the year where athletes are getting themselves prepared, getting ready for next season. Um, steroids, is it that prevalent in the league? Is it really their fish? Is it really that big of a problem or is it just a couple players? I don't, you know, I can't answer that because I don't really know. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that part of what's going on in, in the league as far as steroid use. Um, I mean, but, they, but even, let, let's say even at the younger generations, these kids, if you could just send a message to these kids, I mean, I've always said, and, and, and we've had this discussion before, that I don't see people like you hanging out in, in gyms, in goes gyms, you know, looking for football players. I don't see people like you necessarily on the track, you know, looking for, you know, the fastest person in the world because a football player is, is somebody that's different than just a muscle man or a speedster. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not about just how much you lift in the weight room. It's not about how fast you run on the track because when you're playing football, it, I mean, it's, it's never a straight-line game. Mm. I mean, never a straight-line game. So a guy who can run straight-line fast and can't do anything else, 
is not going to be, I don't think, a great football player. I agree with that. I mean, I know, you know, that's, uh, that there's many people who played the position uh, of defensive back, a, a, a corner. And uh, the last thing that you were concerned about is somebody who came off the ball who was just a straight line runner. I mean, you, know, uh, no you, you ain't worried about covering him. Right, right. You know, you got somebody who's got some juke, you know, who's got some control over his body, he's got some agility. Uh, those are the kind of people that you're going to be concerned about. But again, we got some music, which means we got some time to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with our special guest, Kelvin Fisher, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, also uh, a former ball player himself, and he also works for this team here in Arizona, Arizona State. So we'll be back, and Jeff will be with us as well after this message. Juice and gin in the city we bled Amongst the hustle, titties and scam Fifties and realms Y'all know the sweet rounds and trucks This detail Your internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. That's right, folks. We ain't playing around here. We're doing it big time. We got Kelvin Fisher in the studios with us here. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. 
And, of course, we got Jeff Mosher with us. Jeff is a beat writer on the East Coast, covers the Eagles and a number of other teams on the East Coast. So I want to go to one thing that I think is extremely important for me to get answered for myself and for a lot of the listeners out there when we have a scout in the studio with us. And that is there's many times, uh, Kelvin, where, where, where agents are promoting their ability to get players drafted or moved up the draft board. And, uh, and I, I personally, myself, other than playing football, and, you know, maybe, you know, and a lot of people don't put a whole lot into that 40 times. Is there any way, from your own professional opinion, uh, how an agent can influence you or anybody else in that war room or part of the administration to, uh, to draft a player higher? Well, uh, I, I don't think an agent can get a guy drafted higher. I think a, I think a player... A good player can help itself get drafted higher by having great work, having a great workout. Now, with that being said, if you if you're a if you're a first round pick because of your ability on the football field, all a workout is going to do is let us know that you're athletic enough because we already see you as a as a first round pick. You know, I don't think an agent can call a GM or call a scout and say, hey, this guy ran a 4-3, a 4-3-5. He's 250 pounds and on and on, and that's going to get him drafted because we have to see it. We have to time it. You know, we're not going to just take some word from some guy. I mean, we, I, I'm sure everyone that's in this business and the personnel side of it get emails daily, mm. letters daily dvds daily on on players who supposedly can run fast jump high and strong mm-hmm. you know but the bottom line is can he go on the football field and make plays now i got i got a beat writer out here i, I got jeff Mosher out here and, and jeff is you know looking at maybe some college players he's seen maybe maybe he's uh there's a pro player out there and, and you know and again now there is also the 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 intangible things that go along with this player his off the field activities and let's say jeff's writing a bad article right now uh jeff there's some stuff going on with marvin harrison maybe you can comment on that a little bit later but do you take in consideration what you hear about this player off the field uh you know what somebody writes about him in the newspaper you guys take that I in mean, consideration what you see in the newspaper you do your investigation and, and if it's all true oh no question because character is a big part of of the NFL is a big part of the organizations. I mean, character is big, and and sometimes you don't want bad characters on your team because mm. it, it can go it can go several different ways. He can be a cancer in the locker room. Uh, he can be that guy that not playing for you, but you paid him a lot of money to play. And then once again, that goes back to now: how do you replace him? Hey, Jeff, uh, I, I'm not accusing you of writing bad articles, but can you give me any perspective? What's, <laughs> what's, what's going on there with uh, Marvin? Is there uh, some problems in Philadelphia with Marvin Harrison, who's from Philadelphia? Well, there are some problems. It's just unclear what the extent of those problems are. There was a shooting in North Philadelphia at a uh, garage. I believe a gun was recovered at the garage that is owned by Marvin Harrison. Um, there are some just various reports that, that so far that Marvin has been questioned about the incident. Uh, I don't think he has been named 
as a suspect or a prime suspect. I think right now they're they're still in the uh, investigation phase and the the question asking phase, and uh, I'm sure there will be more results to, to come out of this. Now I let think, me ask you, you Jeff, know, from, ahead, from, from what you know, being here in Philadelphia, if there was a chance that uh, for some reason or another Andy Reid was interested in Marvin Harrison, would an article that you write or that you would have written influence him and not making that decision, you think, based upon what you know about Andy? Ray, I would love to tell you I had that type of influence, not just with Andy, but with anybody, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Andy Reid wouldn't give uh, uh, you-know-what about what I wrote about Marvin Harrison. That's, you know, the information teams gather about whether they're college scouts or pro players that they want to acquire and the investigations that they do, that, those are all conducted through the teams and their, their army of scouts and, uh, and uh, other person and GMs and, and other personnel. So, you know, they may use a newspaper article that they read about somebody as a, like Kelvin said, as a basis to ask a few questions, but you know they're certainly not going to cave to either a beat writer's or a columnist's opinion about whether or not they should sign a guy or trade for a guy or, or acquire a guy who may have had some kind of uh, you know history that, that that shines negatively upon him. But but certainly you, I, I think you would agree though. But that mm-hmm. makes uh, for an impression on a lot of the fans though. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And but I think that it was already discussed here that you know. Public relations is important to a team, but there are definitely teams out there that believe that even a little bad PR is PR, especially around this time of the year when it's not football season. So, um, you know, they're not going to make moves based upon the fans' fans' opinions. At this point, I think most teams are are pretty much resigned to the fact that they're going to get booed if they don't take the fans' guy or they don't trade for the fans' guy. They're going to get booed, but as long as they're focused on improving the team, I think that that's what their, their concern is. Hey, Jeff, well, of course, uh, Kelvin can't talk about this, but, but, but I just want to ask you a question. Did, did you see the, uh, the interview of which uh, Brian Baldinger had uh, with, uh, with Parker? And, uh, you know, it, they, they got another running back out there in Pittsburgh. It seems like the game has changed now, and it looks like teams are going with, uh, you know, the platoon kind of thing. You know, we have two running backs, and uh, they're not fullbacks. I mean, these are very skilled running backs. And uh, did you see Willie Parker in that interview, or you know anything about that? Honestly, I heard a little bit about it, um, but I I didn't see it. So I really, you know, for me to comment would just be, you know, I'd be vague. I didn't actually see that interview. Yeah, you know, but but I I would say this. I would think in today's modern era of of the NFL, I don't think it's bad to have two running backs uh, out there on the field at one time in the same backfield, I would put two skilled running backs back there as opposed well, to back yeah, in the day we used to run what we called a brown set, you uh-huh. know. And you have two very skilled running backs, and you never knew, you know, if you were going to go left or you were going to go right because right. you had these skilled kind of running backs. And nowadays, uh, you know, you put one skilled running back in and you take the other one out. I just think you should always have your playmakers on the field. Can you say something about that, Fish, about having your playmakers on the field? I, I mean, I, I totally agree with it. I mean... To have two good running backs on the field at the same time is, I think, is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, I mean, you really don't know who's going to get the ball and, and, and which way they're going. Um, I mean, and I and I believe in I believe in two having two good running backs. You know. I, I, you, oh man, I don't want to do that. That can't be right. That something's got to be wrong with that clock. Because I'm seeing this screen, and this screen is telling me it's time to close. Oh man. 
Listen, we've been having a great time here. Time went too fast. I apologize. I have more to say. But you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. I also want to thank Jeff for joining us. Always want to thank our good friend Kelvin Fisher for coming into the studios. I'm sorry I got to say this, but as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.